Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 103 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the effervescent Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. And how are you this evening, Tommy? I'm okay. Just okay? I'm okay. Yeah? I'm better than a lot of people when I say I'm okay. Yes, I guess so. uh, You know, globally speaking, I'm okay. (laughs) Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, how are you? Okay. Good. Okay. okay? You're all okay. Everybody's okay. Yeah. Did you have a nice weekend? Uh, I worked. Yeah. It was nice. Okay. It was work. That's nice. How was yours? It was okay. It was fairly quiet. We went shopping for... We're looking for new pots for the backyard, new planters. Oh. We really couldn't find any we liked. Okay. And we, You're very uh, finicky. Well, yes, that too, and also cheap. Because, well, we went to, I won't say what nursery we went to, but it was, like, severely overpriced. Even for, like, these... Really? Even for these plastic planters that they have. Local nursery? Yeah. I won't say it's local, but it's not, well, not local to here, but it's on Long Island. Okay. And I was just like, well, you, no, you got your, you know, your guy down the block nursery. Yes, no, it wasn't the guy down the block right, nursery. Right, Although they, we went there also, and we were like, oh, let's go look somewhere else first. I always like to go there because, um, first of all, they're the guy down the block, but their plants are better. Yes, I, I, we get a lot of our plants from the guy down the block. But the smaller they are, the the less they have in stock or available. You run the risk of your, uh, or you. You're, well, that was the problem with the plant. I was looking for planters. I was looking for specific kinds. Okay, what and do you want? What are you looking for? What you well, I, did, I, I have like we have like two end ones that are the same, and we have the two center ones that are the same, and those are like on like the pedestal type. And where um, do they go? Well, on the they go right on the edge of, of my yard, basically. Okay, but they're on you know different platforms. They have four platforms for them. They go across. Okay. And so I usually have two on the pedestals for one, and then two smaller ones, although two shorter ones on the sides of them. Not on pedestals. Right, not on pedestals. Okay. Are the what? What is the size of the one that sits on the pedestal? I haven't measured them, so I couldn't. No, but in your head, is the one that sits on the floor gigantic, and the one that sits on? No, no. They basically are. They're like they hold the same size, basically, as far as holding. Okay. What do you want to plant them? Is it's not a matter. Well, I, I always put my my I put my Asian lilies in there. We put our um, which we'll call it in there the um, coleus, the coleus we the coleus. put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, so we plant, we always so plant different things in there. I love coleus. But like, the, like I said, the planters we have there, they're old. You know, they're pretty old. That's looking. oh, you know, so are you. Ah, thanks. We'll go out and find you okay. cheap. <laughs> That's easy. So yeah, so basically we we had no success with that, but we did find seeds. We found some bulbs. What which I was plant? happy about. Uh, we found a bunch of sunflower seeds, because I want to plant them again. I love We have sunflower. pretty good luck with those. Yeah. They are the most rewarding thing in the world. Right? And we got more Leatris, which is really pretty, uh, beautiful. It's such a purple, it's a small purple flower. You, you plant a whole bunch of them, it grows, and it's, just, oh, it's beautiful. Purple. Oh, you had that at the top of the stairs going down into the basement? No, no. We had it actually over by the, fire, by the smokestack outside. Okay. Where we had that little partition over there. We mm-hmm. had it over there. And we got Asian, I think some Asian lilies and a couple other lily bulbs. All right. So, yeah. So, we did. We had good luck with all that. Good. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think I, we said last week we have like over 1,500 downloads now, now of the podcast. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it really is. We had a big surge. Like I said March was our best month. What episode is this? This is now our 32nd episode. 30, 32 episodes. Yep. Endless hours. Mm-hmm. 525,000. 
You're roughly talking about for about over fifty hours. Fifteen, roughly over fifty hours of 15, us 15, talking. Fifteen hundred people from all over the world. Well, we don't know if it's fifteen hundred people. It's not individually. It could be people who've done repeated downloads as well. Oh, oh, oh! Right. I did not know that. Yes. So if one person downloaded an episode four hundred times. Well, that would register as someone who's downloaded before, whereas it, we, it can tell us which ones are, are new people that are coming in. Okay. Okay, so we've got 1,500 original downloads. Yes. In 32 episodes. In 32 episodes. Okay, and all we're hearing about people is porn from India. <laughs> That's, yes. the, that's the only connection we have to yes. the people. Although we're getting, I'm getting more comments and reactions to our postings on Facebook and Twitter. So okay. that's a good thing. From who? From people we know? Or not no, no. Just from people that are following us or just liking what you know what they see on Twitter. Anybody say nothing? Uh, they've, I've had a few comments about some of the things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Positive? Or you're oh, you yeah, know, positive, positive. Definitely right. positive. Okay. So that's a good thing. They're would liking our Jazz Appreciation Month for postings. You, oh, good. Yeah, good. those would seem you, to be a big you, hit. Um, would you put that in next week's mem- mem- memo? What's that? Just you, whatever information you got from the customers. Oh, okay. Whatever feedback you get from the customers. Okay. Just put it in a memo. Well, it's me. more like commentary about what I said. Nothing about they're not commenting on the podcast in and of itself. Nothing about me. Oh, no. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Moving on. Moving on, and also we had good news today. They caught they caught the uh, Brooklyn subway shooter. Yes. So that yes. was some good news That's today, awesome. right? That was awesome news. Uh, yeah, it took longer than it had to. Yeah, because the guy had to turn himself in, basically. Well, they, I believe that they would have gotten that man. Oh, I think eventually <laughs> they already identified him quickly. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of being able to find him. And, it, and, and, just, and supposedly someone else at some deli recognized him or whatever. Right. Well, that's the thing. That even though the MTA's camera wasn't working, yeah. the rest of the city of New yeah, York... Yeah, heads are going to roll over that. All, I'll the, tell you. all the private people with their cameras, with their security cameras that were working that day, have images of him in and around. So, But I mean, am I, are we really surprised that some cameras in a subway station in Brooklyn may not have been working at the time? It's... Can Considering the uh, amount of vandalism that occurs on subway stations. Uh, yeah, and this is exactly why. People are paying enough money to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. To be a subway. Why? Not because it's Brooklyn. Nobody fucking wants to live in Brooklyn. They live in Brooklyn. Oh, there's because some it, nice sections of Brooklyn. Yes, there are. Okay, I'm sorry, Brooklyn. <laughs> I apologize. There's some very nice sections in Brooklyn. Okay. I'd rather live in Brooklyn than in Queens. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we agree on that. I, I, I think everybody agrees on that. And, and, and then, you know, Staten Island is the ugly stepsister that we talked about. Yes. Actually, there are some very nice sections of Staten Island. There are too. very beautiful sections of Staten Right? Island. There really yes. are. Yes, there are. God, those little bodies are buried underneath the... Well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's, you know, anyway, anyway, uh, yes, I, the people have enough to pay. They, they, they pay enough to live in these areas. And part of that should be the public accommodations, which should include the fucking cameras working in that fucking subway station down the block. Yeah. Basic. That's infrastructure. That should be taken care of. That's why I love... should be done. Well, we just saw the newscast and we watched the police guy, whoever it was, saying... Uh, we're not in charge of those cameras. It was the MTA. Well, yeah, he's like, he, yep, point that finger right uh, away from uh, us now. He's, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Um, but then you had, who was it then? The old-timey, the old-timey uh, police commissioner, God, I can't remember, who said that you have that, what you have to have is a camera in every car so that the conductor can see 
can see what's going on in every car of his 10-car train. And they didn't want to spend the money to do that. Probably not. Okay? Now... But that may be next now after this. uh, The question is, would it have stopped anything? Probably. The answer is no. No. It may have shortened the amount of time... The search time. The search time, also the amount of time that it took to happen. Because I'd say... If it, let's say if there was a camera on the subway car, and from what we understand, the subway train was like doing stop and go, stop and go for a bit. If it had started shooting while it was doing that stop and go before it arrived at the station, there, there could have been police waiting there at the at station, station, at the platform right. as it pulled in. Right, 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 right. But most of these, well, a lot. Well, no, I'll, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to pull it back. I was going to say that a lot of these mass shooters commit suicide, so there's no repercussions for yeah. them, and you can understand... This guy, have you seen his videos? No, I'm I not saw gonna... cli- I saw clips of his videos. He's a very angry man. Yeah, okay, very very angry. And from what I read, he also had twelve prior arrests. This guy. So he, but and he was able to buy a gun. Well, we don't. Well, I don't know if we. I don't know. We haven't established that. I haven't this heard is, anything about that see, yet. Now, now this this how is how he got it. This is where it. preventing crime before you can just record it while it happens comes into play. Yeah, because if you take these people who you know are a threat. Right. People with, oh, I don't know, those court orders you can't come in 500 feet of this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they should not be allowed to have guns. And don't get me started here, please. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. I'm not even getting started on Yeah, that. this is something that I will lose my shit about. But in the this. meantime, let's celebrate that they caught the shooter finally. Yes, good job. People, can, people of Brooklyn and New York City can rest easy tonight. the NYPD did their job. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they did it, and the mayor supported them, and everybody got along, and it was fine. And now we're going to take care of this guy legally like the courts dictate we should. Exactly. All right. All right. And also, there was some history made last night at a baseball game. A woman coach named Alyssa Nacken. She's a coach of the San Francisco Giants. Alyssa Nacken? Nacken, yep. Ooh, that's bad. Well, N-A-K-K-E-N. Nacken, Nacken. Let's go with Nacken. Nacken. It's bad enough. Okay, we'll go with Alyssa Nacken. Anyway... Yeah. She became the first Major That's League bad. Baseball woman coach to actually coach on the field last night. I go for her. She was the first base coach in a game against the San Diego, uh, San Diego Padres. You know what the problem is? Having a woman in the in the is good. All the gays are going to like all the gay baseball players. Now they can't do gay shit in the in the in the locker room. <laughs> why not? Because now they got this woman who's going to be. Why would she when it be was in, all men, why would she be in the locker room with them? Don't they talk to each other? They give notes. They go over choreography. They talk about. They probably who, do that now. Who the next next pitcher is? They probably do that now. I mean, she was probably some other coach on the staff. Maybe she was a batting coach, pitching coach, something else. She just wasn't an on field coach. This was her first time. Okay, so she was. So she, that may be nothing new to her. So, but she was in. You let the joke die, and I hate you for that. <laughs> um, so she was. She was on the field. Fronting as a coach. She was the first base coach. The first base coach, the first time a woman ever acted as a coach on the field in front of the spectators and yep. the other team ever. Yep. In the 151 years of baseball, and Major League Baseball. This was minor league baseball? Major League. This was Major, major league. league. Okay. What team? The San Francisco Giants. Okay. You sound like you're assuming I was paying attention to anything well, you said Well, yes, because I said that earlier. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're adorable. <laughs> Okay, so she's on, she's on. She's the first base coach for the San Francisco Giants in this game last night. In a game last night, Tuesday night baseball. That I suppose is a thing. So, do okay. So, what happens to her? 
Nothing. She that's just that was her. Oh, was she her did. Job. The, she did the thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now she did her job. That's that's. So it was just a major recognition that finally they had a woman coach on the field. Okay, you in know? a major league baseball game, right? Okay, and I think that's a pretty great record to establish. Uh yes, right? Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> good. I like when those things when those things happen. Yes, that's, that's why I, I figured I'd mention it. I yeah. think we need some good news, you know. So yes, I figured yes. that's a good way to start. Yes, I I thought it was going someplace. It wasn't. No, nope. that's why I may sound hesitant. <laughs> Well, that and the bourbon. <laughs> well, that too. Go ahead. We now move on to our first segment of the evening. Holy shit, we've done how many minutes already? Th- I know, right? 13 minutes. We've had a lot to talk about. We haven't even done our first segment. Right, but our first segment tonight is Heavy, heavy Petting. I got used to it, 32 tries. And tonight we're going to talk about Easter and the hazards that it presents uh, to dogs. Those fuckers. Of which there are many. Oh. First and foremost, of course, of course, is chocolate. Dogs should not eat chocolate. Do you know why they should not eat chocolate? Because everybody has always said so, and so I believe them. But you never knew why exactly. It's it's a chemical compound that's poisonous to their, what is it, neuron system? It's poisonous, period. Okay, all right. It's an ingredient called theobromine. All right. It's poisonous to both dogs and cats. Okay. And the purer the chocolate, the more theobromine it tends to have. Okay. So when you talk of pure chocolate. Like dark chocolate will have more of it than, than milk chocolate. chocolate and white chocolate. White chocolate will have none of it because white chocolate is not chocolate. Right. So there is no chocolate in white chocolate. There shouldn't be. Well, it's, I don't know. It depends on the chocolate maker, maybe. Okay. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to just say it's a blanket and it's not white chocolate. And then someone feeds their dog white chocolate and something happens. I'm not taking responsibility for that. I don't. Oh, <laughs> I, be, I don't believe there's a jury in the world who would. Well, hold on. That you would be responsible. Yeah. <laughs> Because I said it. Yes. And she did it. Yes. And the dog died. Yes. And now you have to go for a deposition. Yes. <laughs> I hear you're very good at depositions. Yes, I am. So that's I the hear. That's, yeah, yeah, so I've been told. All right, go ahead. Anyway, if your your dog does have some chocolate, look for the following symptoms. Vomiting, diarrhea, hyperactivity, tremors, seizures, heart problems, or death. Okay, so Pickering. <laughs> and also, chocolate contains caffeine. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. Pickering was about a year and a half old. Okay. No, he was a little younger because he wasn't, he was not yet full grown. Easter. Uh huh. He goes through the candy dishes, stays away like any normal mammal would from the peeps, and ate only the chocolate and all of the no jelly beans. Oh my God. Only the chocolate, all of the chocolate. And I freaked out. And we were it was my sister's house in Babylon, and she had a pool in the backyard, and the dog ran, I am not lying to you, probably 70, 90 minutes around that pool, just running. Oh, just no. running and there was and I sat there the that for all that time for that hour and a half sweating what what is this, is he eventually just is, is he gonna stop dead fall down to the ground and that's gonna be the end of this dog right yeah it oh was my freaky God, that must have been uh, it was freaky Jesus. I didn't like that uh, well, 
You also shouldn't fit, let the dog have any other candy either, like jelly beans, because some of these candies contain syth- synthetic sweeteners. They don't need to eat candy. Yeah, I just keep it away from them. But sure, people sure. do drop it on the floor during the holidays and stuff. And in which so case, you gotta and, be careful of that. On the other hand, two or three jelly beans is not going to kill. Well, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to say German that. Shepherd. You just don't do it. Just keep, don't keep watching them. Yeah. Another food you should keep watch of if you uh, follow a more traditional English Easter is. Hot cross buns. Oh, you are disgusting. Why? You're, you're so pretentious with your English. In case you're like like those like those bastards in, in fucking Alabama who are following me, rooting them on go Big Diddy. No, what's the name of the place? What? B Daddy. B B B B B B B B B B Bobs, that's okay. right. <laughs> I mean, you forget what got me here when I'm at B Bobs. You were talking about hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. What the fuck? <laughs> hot cross buns. People do like hot cross buns. Yeah, they buy But them. they shouldn't put a happen near dogs because they can contain raisins, raisins or currants or sultanas. And they can cause stomach upset. Oh. So be careful of that. Another thing you should be careful of is Easter grass. Oh, see cats because it's because and it's made of plastic. Those so cats and dogs, bitches. right? And cats especially. Oh, play that, and, you know, disgusting. Yeah. So watch out the Easter grass. You should also watch out with any plants or plant bulbs that you yeah. get, yeah. especially lilies, daffodils, tulips, and hyacinths. Yeah. On the other hand, Darwin. You know, if the dog is going to eat a hyacinth thing and die, then. Uh, Yes, but if you can avoid the risk of that happening, you want to you want to try. You want to keep all your yeah yeah yeah. So you definitely should avoid try to avoid having letting your dog, your dog eat the hyacinth bulb. Yes, I agree. Okay, yes. Or even if you bring more, so you get those kind of plants home for Easter. You know, Darwin is real. <laughs> Darwin's not invited to Easter. Okay, really, right? Really, okay. Also, if you're having an Easter dinner or an Easter meal on Sunday and you have like an appetizer like cheeses, you should be very oh. wary of the cheeses that you serve because oh, some of them can contain Roquefort-C, it's called. Oh. So cheeses like Stilton, Gorgonzola, and Roquefort. Okay. So be careful what cheeses you serve because your dog may get to it. In fact... Our dog, on Thanksgiving, we had a cheese ball with okay. a knife that you'd be able to stick in. You see, like, yeah. And all of a sudden, we're, we're all talking. All of a sudden, we see Abigail run by with the cheese with ball the cheese ball in, in her, her mouth. Because <laughs> you motherfuckers weren't looking. Yep. Okay. Louis is a whore. Really? A whore. That. You know how they always respond to the sounds of things that they recognize and that they have associations to. So the refrigerator opening. He doesn't normally just respond automatically <coughs> to the refrigerator door opening. Okay. If you if the the sound of the bag of the baby carrots okay. will bring him. Okay. <laughs> um if if uh if you open the cheese drawer, that suddenly he is sitting on your shoulder. She Abigail's the same way. As soon as she hears the jar with her treats, she's there. It, it's if unbelievable. We, Steve has to give her a piece of a cold cut now and then when he's making sandwiches. Yeah, she hears the plastic in the paper no, this, folding. This, she's there. This, this dog is a whore for cheese. And like I said last week about his affection, he's insistent. He will sit in front of you and bark. Oh, I'm sure. I don't give him that leeway. I tell him to be quiet, and he does. But that's his energy coming in. Okay, is this cheese? Yeah, I don't eat 
those types of cheeses. I eat a block of cheese, a cheddar cheese, or pepper, a pepper jack cheese. Or, you know, you got to cut. And so the dog's sitting there, and so you make him be good, and he be yeah. good, and you give him some cheese. But I'm sure like this, they're referring to the more uncommon cheeses that people will get sometimes for a cheese board. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't have any. Like, oh, we never had that before. Let's try that cheese. He doesn't get any of my Beamster. Okay. And I don't usually keep. We don't usually have soft cheeses. Okay. So, yeah. I give the dog a chunk of cheddar, mind your business. <laughs> he ain't getting the he ain't, he ain't getting the beamster. Well, lastly. Lastly. If your dog should eat any of the above items, don't wait for symptoms. Call your vet or your local pet hospital immediately. Don't matter if it's 4 p.m. Easter Sunday. Doesn't matter. Call, Call your vet. Damn uh, 4 right. 4 p.m. Easter Sunday. Get your checkbook ready. Exactly. We now move on to our next segment. Today's birthday. Oh. And of course, being that we've been observing Jazz Appreciation Month okay. with our postings on Facebook and Twitter. Okay. I posted about this man's birthday today. Saxophonist Lawrence Bud Freeman. Oh, I've never heard of him. Born in Chicago in 1906. At age 16, he and his friends formed a band called the Austin High School Gang. Okay. In How a- old was he? 16 years old. 16 he formed, years he formed old. a jazz band at that okay. age. 1927, at the age of 21, he moved to New York City. He became a session musician. I'm sorry, stop. Yes. He formed a jazz band back before and when he was 16 in 1890. No, no, 1922. 1922? He was 20... born in 1906. Damn. Fuck. So 100 years ago today. Yep. What happened? He was born on 1906. It's the birthday section. Yes. Why didn't you say so? I did. Go ahead. I'm with you. So happy birthday, Charlie Parker. Anyway, Bud Freeman, he was nicknamed the Eel for his long snake-like improvisations. Okay. He played with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra and the Benny Goodman Orchestra in the 1930s. All right. During World War II, he joined the Army and led a U.S. band in the Aleutian Islands. Okay, so I got to tell you perfectly honest here, mm-hmm. just going to throw this out there. Okay. I thought he was black until all of that military shit. Then I realized, no, no he is, is not this black. Is, no, this is a white man. Okay, go ahead. After the war, he returned to New York City and led a number of groups, including Bud Freeman and his Summa Cum Laude Orchestra. Okay. The, the Bud Freeman Trio. That and, proves whiteness. And the Bud Fr- and Bud Freeman and his Windy City Five. Okay, so they're all like wind instruments? Well they're all they're all different combos. It's combo different combos of instruments. Probably, you know, clarinets or oboes, piano, right. you know, different uh, combinations. Oh yeah. Well everybody has a piano, I think. Well, probably. Yeah. Anyway, in nineteen sixty he wrote the book and lyrics for the musical Beg, Borrow or Steal. Oh, how did but, it Better known it probably today as by its original name, Clara. It starred Estelle Parsons, Eddie Bracken, Betty Garrett, Larry Parks, and David Doyle. It closed after five performances. What, <laughs> what year was that? 1960. 1960. That's, that's a good cast. Right, it is a good cast. And there is a cast recording of it on the, online. I, lo- I looked for it. Really? Under the name Clara, they have it. Okay. That was actually the original name, and then they, when they went to Broadway, it was changed to Big Borrower Steel. Ben Freeman. Bud Freeman. Bud Freeman. Yep. Yeah, ben Freeman, I would have pegged as a Jew simply by the Ben Freeman. Benjamin <laughs> Freeman. But Bud Freeman, go ahead. Well, he died at the age of 84 in 1991. Wow. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, and he was still playing into his 80s. They, they, I tell you what, you get 70-year-old ballerinas still doing shit that I could never do. It's crazy. 
I know. When you reach a certain level. Yep. It's just crazy. Our next birthday celebrant, also dead, you're not going to know him. His name is Alfred Mosher Butts. Nope, but I think I may love him. Born on April 13th, 1899 in Poughkeepsie, New York. Oh, Poughkeepsie's a nice area. He became an architect, but he was unemployed in the 1930s because uh, during the Great Depression. Ain't nobody building anything. Right. So he had some time to kill, so he decided he wanted to design a board game. So he combined anagrams with crossword puzzles in which people would players would pull seven-lettered titles to form words in a game that he initially called Lexico in what is 1938. This later, well, he when he's later on, he sold the rights to the game to uh, a man named James Bruno in uh, 1948, and he changed the name of the game to Scrabble. Okay, how much did he buy it for? I don't know. He just sold him the rights, but I think he also got a royalty for every unit that was manufactured. The fuck? Yes. Give me your penny for every unit that was of that you board imagine? game that was ever manufactured. So the game was selling, you know, briskly enough, but it wasn't until 1952 when the owner of Macy's, Jack Strauss, played the game while he was on vacation. And when he found that his store did not sell it, he placed a large order for the game. And by 1954, over 4 million games had been sold. Fuck me. And the rights of the company are now owned by Hasbro. Okay. It was inducted in 2004 into the National Toy Hall of Fame, which is in Rochester, New York. It's also been made into a game TV game show and is played in tournaments around the world. It is sold in 121 countries and 29 different languages. Wow. Worldwide, over 150 million sets have been sold. Wow. And nearly one-third of American homes have a yeah. game scrap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, since, and t- since today's is his birthday, it's now on- honored as National Scrabble Day. Okay. Butts also invented another game that he called Alfred's Other Game. Okay. <laughs> Which was another word type of game with, with squares and everything. But it sounds whiny. It never me. became popular. Yeah, I don't like that. But, interestingly enough, he was also an amateur artist, and six of his drawings were acquired by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Interesting. Right? Are they any good? I don't know. I haven't seen them. What are they up? I don't know. I haven't seen them. Are they like landscapes? I don't know. I haven't seen like them. Still life? I don't know. Grapes in a vase? <laughs> Grapes up your ass. <laughs> How does he do pleats in the skirt? <laughs> do you know what the word Scrabble means? Um, I do not Scrabble. I mean, uh, no. It means to grope frantically. So, yeah, I did know that. And um, standing by itself, do you know how many points it's worth? <laughs> if you're experiencing Scrabble, you're not standing by yourself. <laughs> so, I don't know how much it's worth. It's worth 14 points. Okay, is that a lot in Scrabble? Uh, no, not really. That's <laughs> a, it's a low number, but just standing by itself. What's, it's okay. the, what's the the highest possible scoring word? In the I don't, it's like somewhere in the 300s of people. Really? Scored. Yeah. Yeah, people have scored that high. Oh, dear. Yeah. In a single word. I don't know if it's a single word or a building in combination with other words. Or if I'm, so obviously, it'll probably have a triple word score or a triple letter score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know all those stats. But yeah, it's like up in the 300s somewhere. That's pretty wild. Right. I think I, the best I ever did Scrabble is like 70. And we actually know a Scrabble tournament player. Do we? Frank Tangretti. No. Yes, he does. Long Island actor Frank Tangretti. He's an wow. avid Scrabble player. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, happy birthday there, Mr. 
Butts. Mr. Butts. <laughs> Mr. Butts. Yeah, I knew I liked him. And it's the end of our birthdays, but I want to acknowledge the death this week of comedian Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, that's sad. Died at the age of 67. Yeah. Really sad. I know some people like me, I loved him. I thought he was great. Other people I know couldn't stand him. They thought his, his voice, voice was, was irritating. Yeah, but he is. That was part of his act, you know? Yeah, it was very funny. Oh, my God, he was hysterical. Yeah. If you've ever seen, there's a movie called The Aristocrats, and it's a sort of a documentary film this about. It's the worst joke. The, the it's the world's joke dirtiest joke ever right. told. And there's a section of it, and it's on YouTube. I'll post it on our, on our blog, on our website. Of him telling the joke at a roast for Hugh Hefner. And it's right, and it happens after 9 11. And he started to make some jokes related to 9 11, and people were saying, oh, it's too soon. So he started telling the aristocrats joke. Okay. And it's hysterical. If you ever get a chance, watch it. I love Funny I, I, as I, I always Oh loved my his, God. His on the edge, anxious, angsty yeah. delivery. Exactly. And, and and he was funny in the material he was angsty about. Yes, he was. He was great as that bird. As what? The bird. Oh, yes, in uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had he had a pretty nice career. He had he it was all right. He died young though. He's 67, 67 years old. Somebody that rich shouldn't die that young. Yeah, well, he had a long term history of I think cardiac problems. Oh, 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 okay. All right. But he uh, in his last in- Instagram post, it was about Chris Rock. And it's a picture of him with Chris Rock, and he writes, "Which is the worst crime, Chris Rock being physically assaulted or Chris Rock telling a joke?" Oh God. <laughs> All right, well, that's Shad Gibble guy. I know. So, farewell, Gilbert. Thanks for the laughs. Ride with the angels. Yes. Lift thine self up to the Lord. Sorry, it's Easter, right? It's yeah, well, that's day. right. It's, gonna, it's actually sounding, it's going to move right into our next topic. Yeah, well, yeah. We're now moving into Today in History. Okay. And today, April 13th in 1742. 1742. Hold on, let me think. Okay, what continent? In, uh, in Europe. Okay, continue. It's in Dublin, England. In Dublin. An English composer named... Wait, Dublin, England? Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. Yes, I'm sorry if I said England. I done Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, you know, Patrick Finn. Anyway, composer George Frederick Handel... Handel. He had a, hosted a world premiere of his oratorio called The Messiah. So, so oratorio. Yes. What does that mean? It's a long sung piece, basically. Yes, okay. long choral piece. Extended. Now, most people probably are not familiar with the Messiah, but they're familiar oh, with a segment of it. Yes, the Hallelujah Chorus. But what most people don't realize, they probably think that's that is the end of the piece. And that actually comes at the end of part two of this three-part work. It's like four hours long. It's, well, I can basically tell you, um, I can tell you exactly. It Basically, it's composed of... 16 scenes composing of uh, 53 separate singing sections. It was written originally, the the original performance of it had 16 men and 16 boys in the chorus with several male and two female soloists. Okay. The piece was written originally for two trumpets, timpani, two oboes, two violins, viola, and what they call a basso continuo which is an ensemble of a keyboard instrument with instruments in the bass register, like cello, double bass, bassoon. All right, this is the bass section. Yep. All right, so hold on. Can I ask a question? Yes. 
that instrumentation. Yes. Handel scored himself. Yes. So that was the original transcript. Yes. Okay. Yep. He wrote the transcript in 24 days. Okay. Which is pretty That's, wild. Well, yeah. And also... Because they were all crazy. They, the original transcript is in the British Library, and it's noted for how few corrections were made to it. Okay. That he just wrote it basically straight through. Yeah. And make, really made very few changes. Yeah, he's living on Diet Coke and cigarettes. Right. Writing this shit down. The first performance of it was a fundraiser for two hospitals and for prisoners' debt relief. Because okay. that then you had the debtor's prison. The concert raised 400 pounds and secured the release of 142 wow. indebted prisoners. Wow. For, as to the concert audience, so as to have the largest possible audience admitted to the hall, gentlemen were requested to remove their swords, and ladies were asked to not wear hoops in their dresses. Oh. And there were over 700 people there for the premiere. Could you imagine how annoying hoops must have been day to day? Right. Like, you're in just 7-Eleven. Yeah. And in walks this bitch. She's knocking shit, <laughs> knocking shit off the display cases in the pet hoop skirt in Seven Eleven. I'd love to see I'm, that. Then she got she got her hat. You know you can't see fucking anything because of this hat. Uh, she got her parasol. <sighs> knocking shit off the. I'll tell you what. The, some of the funniest things that ever happened on stage was fucking hoop skirt related. I'm sure. Taking down sets. Of course. They're sticking, always in the sticking way. people in doorways. They're, just they, they, serve, they serve strictly as costumes. It's not very practical It's amazing ones. that, that like, women lived like with that. that. I know. It's fashion, I guess. Yeah, it was the fashion. Their own damn fault. Go ahead. We now move on to our next segment. A new segment, thank God. Which is, what day is it? It's day 103. Well, yes, it's also... Not so much what day is it, but what week is it? It's Holy Week. It's Holy Week. It's Holy Week. It's a big week. Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, uh, as you may or may not know, Passover begins on this Friday evening at uh, sundown. Okay, based on what? It's uh, well, uh, Easter and Passover are based on basically the moon. Okay. It usually Easter itself usually occurs on or after the first full moon of spring. Okay. Yeah, it's a because it goes by the I think the old Hebrew calendar, which was based on the lunar cycle. Okay, so now that's how that started. Well, that was probably pretty reliable. I guess back then, yes, the lunar it was. Cycle. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was looking at you know what Holy Week is because we know all about you know uh, Holy Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, Good Friday. Well, but it's he, like what happened during the rest of the week before that. Well, that's that? the cool stuff. Is that that he comes into the town? Well, that's what I want to. I want to go research. I went back to the day before he came to Jerusalem, which is called Lazarus Saturday. And this is when he raised Lazarus from the dead. So he's feeling himself now. I guess so. He's and also because once word of that spread, it got spread around Jerusalem then. And so then the next day, is Palm Sunday, when he goes to Jerusalem to go celebrate Passover. And they were fanning his ass. And they left the palms on the on pathway the, exactly. for him, so welcoming him he because so they he heard about be, this miracle before So he will be comfortable. Then on Monday, he cursed a fig tree for not bearing fruit. That fucking tree, though, deserved it because it was years since I got a fucking fig off of that tree. So fuck that tree. Fuck it. Well, it later withered and died. See? If you were going to die, die a year ago. And then he went to the temple and he expelled the merchants and the money changers. Now, he was really mad that day. And then he Turning was... Turning over tables and Right, shit. yeah, he got... He went, Throwing yeah. things, yelling at people, kicking small children. <laughs> he was pissed. He was pissed. And then he, my father's house this way. And then after that, I guess he was 
preaching in the temple, and he started being questioned by whose authority he he had to, to be preaching by the high priest of the temple. He was ready? Yes, he was. Well, what did he say? Well, what it was, he asked him a question, because they asked him by what authority, who gave you this authority? Who the fuck do you think you and are? And he's like, I'll give you an answer if Tell you me. can answer me this. Tell me, bitch. And he goes, John the baptism, and his baptism. Where did that come from? Was it from heaven, or did it come from uh, people? It came from people. Well, they discussed it, and he's like, well, if we say it's from heaven, then he's going to say, well, why didn't you believe John the Baptist? Right. But then it says, if we say it's from the people, then that means we're afraid of the people, and they, they all hold John to be a prophet. So they answered him, I, we don't know. Of course they did, because you know what? Politicians suck. So Jesus said, well, neither will I tell you by whose authority then I am doing what I'm doing. All right, so he threw the dice and won. Yep, yes, he did. Okay, so he was good at So like, that was on Holy Monday. That was a busy Monday. That was Monday. On Tuesday, Holy he Tuesday. Escaped, he escaped by mere charm and cleverness. Yep. Go ahead. Tuesday, what happened? Tuesday, he makes two predictions about his death. Okay, one is that somebody's going to betray me. Yep. One of you bitches is going to betray me. Yep. And the other was two predictions about his death. Oh, shit. Go ahead. I'm not sure either. I didn't write that one down. You didn't? <laughs> no. Okay, I so didn't no. write that down. No, he... he uh, was it... One of you will betray me with a kiss. Right. So it was... Oh, deny knowing me? Yeah, as the uh, hey, weren't you? Didn't I see you with uh, no, the cat crows? You cried me three times. I think that was Peter. Or that was Paul. Peter. That was Peter. He said that too. Right. So three times that day, he was asked if you knew this guy, and three times you're going to say no. Yep. And the other one was one of you will betray me with a kiss. Yep. So that's on Tuesday. That's Tuesday. That's a rough day because you got these guys following you around. Why did none of them have a dog? I don't think dogs were very prevalent back then in the Middle East. Go ahead. On Wednesday, he's back in the town of Bethany, which is right outside Jerusalem. Okay. I fell in love once with him. And at someone's house who was hosting him, he has his head and feet anointed by a woman named Mary. Mary, right. Not Mary Magdalene. No, it's not that Mary. All different Mary. There's three Marys in this story. Yeah. And I guess the disciples are like, you know, that's expensive oil. Why is she anointing you? Why are you allowing it? What the fuck is this? And he's basically like, if you read the whole passage, it sounds like he had already spoken to this woman before that she wasn't a stranger to him and that he had forgiven her sins and he's saying that she's basically more you know, more deserving of forgiveness than the host of this house who's asked me for nothing hold on something okay. along those lines All right, so it sounds like what you're exactly. saying is because she has repented she's more worthy she's already yep. repent she's uh they think she may have been a prostitute they're not sure okay but i am i am being gracious by letting her Show this gratitude. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that was that the point of? Like, yeah, exactly. Okay, I don't like that. And then Judas that night. Then oh, Judas. Well, Judas was like the fuck, the fuck. What yeah. do you think? Exactly. You're gr- you're gracious by letting her anoint yeah. you. He's like, you know, you could have used that oil or ointment to sell and give the money to the poor. Hello. So he. It's then, not all about you, Jesus. It's not all about you. So Judas then that night, Wednesday night, meets the high priest and agrees to betray Jesus for 30 pieces 30 of silver. 30 pieces of silver. Now Thursday comes. Now hold on. Do we have like a, like a, how much money was that? I have no idea how much 30 pieces of silver. Shall we look that up? How um, much 30 pieces of silver would be? I don't know. I, I don't know that it helps or detracts from Judas's argument. <laughs> I don't think it helps. At well, all. it might help because these pieces of silver. He's already pissed off. Listen, today, let's. They're saying it can be worth approximately ninety-one dollars to four hundred and forty-one dollars. Okay, 
So All right, so here's what I'm saying. Here's these two guys. They're lovers. They're they're in this thing together. They're doing it together. They've got they've got these this 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 core group of people who are with them. First of all, he's letting some woman anoint him. What, bitch? What happened to you and me? You and me are a thing, right? What makes me think that Judas and oh please, are you naive? <laughs> You're naive. Judas is a pissed off top. Okay? And he said, fuck you. I don't need you. Fuck you. James is tight. Thomas is looking fucking spanking these days. Oh, I doubt that about Thomas. Well, whatever. You know my, you get my point. Anyway, Thursday night comes. Uh, now we're going to go. All, we're all going to go out to dinner and make friends. Yeah, they preside over the Last Supper. He washes the disciples' feet. Then after supper, he goes into the well, garden. Well, yeah, because now Judas has guilted him. Now he's got to do something with somebody else's feet. Fuck Judas. I mean, that's what he's saying. I'm on Judas's side. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, he goes to Gethsemane. He has his whole right, right, talk right. with the God. Fuck you can we do this for? And then um, Judas arrives with the guards with the guard, from the high priest. Kisses and, him in the thing. And he's arrested. For a second, it was a kiss on the cheek. And then he's tried before the high priest, and he's found guilty. And then he's that's beaten, your, and then yep. he's sent to Pilate. Your pi- yeah, your pilots, and your, yeah, okay. And then Good Friday comes. Yes. Now, Thursday's a long fucking day. Yeah, that's a long one. Now, that's a long, it's a long night. Yeah, it's a long night. Yeah, because he has dinner, so you got to figure what five five thirty. These guys are young. Yeah. So it's five five thirty. They have dinner. Then he says he's going to go to pray in Gethsemane. He's got to spend an hour or two. Who knows? Praying in Gethsemane. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber took forever. So that's our best reference. So he right. he prayed in Gethsemane. It probably took a while. So you figure what now eight thirty nine o'clock maybe yeah. Judas show up. With these guards, the guards drag him to this miserable magistrate judge who probably got woke up out of his sleep. No, because he got tried first. He got tried before a high priest of the temple, and then they sent him to Pilate, and they wanted Pilate to do something about him. Okay, so Pilate now is Pilate the beginning of Good Friday. Well, no, the Good Friday then is the crucifixion. That's the day on which he's crucified. Right, but I mean, a lot happened that day leading up. Well, yes, if you believe the whole story, that he goes before the crowd, unless the crowd. Decide on what prisoner to free. That wasn't that pilot. And they're all yelling. Yeah, that's a pilot. Okay. And then the crowd starts yelling Barabbas, free Barabbas. Free Barabbas. Interestingly enough, do you know what the word Barabbas means? Uh, no. Brother of the rabbi. Okay. And there are some who theorize that he was the brother of Jesus. So he was James. No. James is the brother of James Jesus. James is a separate disciple, but yes, James is also a brother of there Jesus. There were three fucking Marys. There could be two Jameses. But no, this one was called What if one of them just went by Jim? Hi, these are my two sons. This is Jesus and Jim. Oh, yeah, that's just Joseph. He's just pay no attention to him. He won't hurt you. Anyway, they crucify him over in Golgotha. Okay, that was on Friday. After he dies, there's an earthquake. Golgotha. The sky went dark. The veil yes. of the temple's torn in half. God was pissed. And people rose from the dead. But God knew what was happening. So explain to me this little temper tantrum. Like, what the fuck is this? You planned this. You knew this. He asked you about this not three hours ago in the garden. And you told him this was going to happen. Now it's happening and you're acting like it's a big fuck. Like you're pissed. Right. You you throwing a tantrum, you throwing fucking thunder and rain, and you making the clouds go. The fuck, God. <laughs> Grow up. Anyway, Saturday, his Saturday. body is buried. Saturday is quiet. 
Well, his body is buried, but in the meantime, he descends into the underworld. Now, I know according to the Apostles' Creed, they say he descended into hell. Hold on a second. Where he died. Right. Go back a day. Mm. Zombies happened. Right, yeah. Yeah, people rose from the dead. People rose from the dead. Yep. Do we know who these people were? No, there's no other mention of them again. Just that, in yep. his anger, God... And rose people from the dead. Okay, so... so yeah, we so didn't hear, but there's no walking dead in Jerusalem story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, that may be the New Testament. So... <laughs> this is New Testament. Yeah, it's Jesus. Maybe it's post-Mormon? All right, so uh, let me catch up. Okay. It's Friday. He's been crucified. Yep. Zombies. Zombies, earthquake, darkness, temple he, veil, torn in half. He dies. He dies. He is taken off of the cross. Yep. And entombed. Entombed. And then the next day happens. Well, the next day is Saturday. Saturday. Now, supposedly while he's entombed, his spirit or whatever descends into the underworld. Okay. Which is either Hades or hell, depending on what you want to call it. Yeah, well, we're calling it hell. We're talking about the Catholics. We're calling it hell. Now, what he goes down there for... Because everyone thinks like, oh, he he beats the devil. That's not really what happened. Basically, he granted salvation to all the dead who had been held captive there since the beginning of time up to before he was born. Okay, so Jesus goes down and says, all you bitches free, come with me, we're going to heaven. Yep. And then, so that's going to leave the devil with nobody there. Well, I don't think leave him with nobody there. There may be unrighteous souls that he leaves there. They usually refer that he that he takes the righteous ones. Okay, for, okay. Now here's where I here's where I become annoying. Okay. If they're righteous, why are they in hell? Because they have not been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ did not exist during their life. So lifetime. we're talking about good Arabs. We're talking we're about, talking about good Moses, Jews, Adam and Eve. Good. Okay. Who the Catholics and everyone back to in hell. the Old Testament. All right. That's the belief. Okay. All right. So all you bitches come with me. Right. All right. Now, also, according to the Book of Mormon, you found time to make an appearance to Native Americans in North America. Why are we talking about the Book of Mormon? <laughs> I just I throw that in there. It's like, Jesus, man, you are busy. Are there you any... found time to go over to North America? Are there any Mormons in Alabama? I have no idea. Well, then, don't bother me. <laughs> and then Easter Sunday comes. Easter Sunday And he is... discovers his tomb is empty, and he's seen by Mary Magdalene. Right. And then later on, he sees all the disciples. Right. And then 40 days after Easter, he ascends to heaven. I, now, here's the thing. I think the fact that he shows up to her first is everything. Right. That's the st- right there. Okay? That's clear intentions. He shows up to her first. It's it, it, it's all about, it's all about. I want to say fair game, but I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. And 40 days. What happens 40 days later? Is that Greek Easter? Then, no, then that's that's what they call Ascension Day. Ascension Day. So he comes back, he's back for 40 days. Mm-hmm. The flood lasted for 40 days. The flood lasted for 40 nights. 40 days. 40 is a big number in the Bible. Jesus was 33. 32, 33, yeah. Which is 40 minus 7. <laughs> Go study your numerology, okay? 7 is important. Because it's the number of letters of Jesus. And if you just count it on no, your Jesus fingers... No, Jesus is five letters, you dope. <laughs> all so, right, your bullshit. All right, bro. this is all I'm saying is that it's all connected. Well, I'm just saying Jesus has a busy week. He sure does. He done. really did. He did he, a lot that We're still week. talking about it. <laughs> well, now we're going to move on and talk about some Easter trivia. Oh, I love this. You know how much I love this. I know how much you love trivia. Well, That's why I had to ask. Go ahead. Let's ask. 
Where is the most popular Easter parade held each year? Savannah, Georgia. Nope. Nope. Uh, Paris, France. Nope. One more guess. Um, Los Angeles, California. Wrong. New York City. Really? New York City has the most popular Easter parade. So, so uh, Johnny Hayes and his family would have me for dinner on Easter and Thanksgiving and holidays. And uh, every year we did an Easter parade, okay. and we would spend like the, we would everybody would show up, and then like while Carol was cooking and everybody was just drinking and hanging around, we would make bonnets. And every year after dinner, we would take all of us would go on an Easter parade, and it was just around like the around pretty much around the block. Okay. But we would all wear whatever Easter hats we had made in that pre-dinner time uh, as our bonnets as we walked. Yeah, it was, it was always so great. That sounds it. All right, so that's so. So now the best attended is is uh, Judy and uh, Frank. Yep. Yep. New York City. New York City. The first Easter eggs were dyed what color? Why would there be an Easter parade? Actually, why not? It's an American thing. They started it. But you would think that, oh, Jesus is back. Jesus well, they probably had, like, ch- I'm sure, like, church festivals had, like, processions for Easter. Okay. So I'm sure it came out of that, you know? But what color were the first Easter eggs? Pink. Nope, you're close. Blue. No. Purple. Wrong. Red. Red is correct. Do you know why they were dyed red? Because the Greeks dyed their Easter eggs red. Do you know why they dyed their e- the Easter eggs red, the first ones? I just told you. Not because the Greeks did it. Okay, so then why? To memorialize the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ on the egg. Yep. This figure was originally conceived as a judge of good and bad children who rewarded the good ones with candy and colored eggs. Who is it? The Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny is correct. This whole thing is fucked up. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, what do eggs have to do with this? And then I'm thinking... The Easter Bunny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to... Well, the word Easter is believed to originate with the worship of the uh, goddess of spring called Ostara oh. or Oestra. I'm never pron- pronouncing it right. And the animal, the hare, was associated with her. However, early Christians in Germany associated what they call the Osterhase or Easter hare with what biblical figure? The Germans. Yep. Early Christian Germans. Early Christian Germans had a hair that represented... Like, originally it was associated with this Germanic goddess, but now it's also been associated by them with this biblical figure. Um, Which one? Okay, I'm going to go with... Is it a female character? Yes, it is. It would have to be because the Easter Bunny delivers eggs, and eggs is all women, although bunnies are not eggs. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with uh, Mary Magdalene. You would be wrong, then. It is the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary, of course, because it's about fertility. Well, not exactly. What it is, hares back then were believed to be hermaphrodites, and therefore could reproduce without the act of sexual intercourse, hence a virgin birth. Oh, Dear. So they became associated with the Virgin Mary. Okay. The Easter Bilby delivers eggs and candies to children in what country? I'm sorry. The Easter... Bilby! Could you spell that? B-I-L-B-Y. It is a marsupial. Australia. Australia is correct. Okay. <laughs> yes. That be- became the up? alternative to the Easter Bunny. Yeah, okay. So I'm not to highlight because it is an endangered species. Hobson has a pocket. So, the Easter Bilby. Okay, good old Bilbies. The Easter Cuckoo delivers candy and eggs to children in what European country? Switzerland. Switzerland is correct, the home of the cuckoo clock. So, it's all about branding. Right? Everybody's doing their own thing. Yep. 
right. Easter Island is a part of what South American country? Uh, Peru. Wrong. Costa Rica. Wrong. Brazil. Wrong. Save me. It is Chile. 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 God, that's so hot. <laughs> that's just so hot. That whole... I just want to be like... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Let's move on. Rutherford Hayes. Oh, God. You go, You want to go from fucking South American men <laughs> on the beach, Easter Island, being all high to Rutherford B. Hayes. Wow. Was the first president to host... The Anti-Viagra. <laughs> Make your dick high. Anyway, Rutherford Hayes was the first president to host this event at the, the White House. The Easter egg hunt. Well, the Easter egg roll. 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 They're two roll. different things. Yes. What is the most popular Easter candy in the United States? Jelly beans. Wrong. Peeps. Marshmallow peeps is they, correct. They are disgusting. <laughs> I haven't eaten any of them in years. I, I, I didn't eat them when I was a kid. I ate them when I was a kid, but I'm, no. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of marshmallow. I like marshmallow. But I do I, not. I like like toasted marshmallows on a barbecue. No, marshmallows across the board are. You don't no. like marshmallow and hot chocolate? No, really. Well, you know, yes, in the same way that marshmallows and Lucky Charms okay. are marshmallows. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they're not really marshmallows. Okay. Okay, they're little... Yeah, I like those. I like those a lot. I, <coughs> I could eat a bag of just Lucky Charms marshmallow pieces. But marshmallow? No, I don't like it. What were those things? It was... It was... It was... They were uh, snowballs. Snowballs. Never. Yes. Never. Especially at Easter. <laughs> and for our last trivia question. The art of pisanka, which is the art of uh, the ornately colored Easter eggs. Okay. Originated in what Slavic country? Ukraine. Ukraine is correct. Okay. I had to put one question in there to give a little highlight to Ukraine. What about some bells or shit? Whistles? Confetti cannons? Some kind of I'm a winner situation? Talk there. to our producer. You got cake. I can't, <laughs> you I got cake. can't argue against cake. We now move on to our next subject. Turn your head and cough. <laughs> and of course we have COVID news for you. Thank God. Where do I start? The variant known as BA.2 now we represents... Do better than BA.2. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, it's wrong. Go ahead. BA.2 now represents 86% of new cases. Jesus. And that's in the United States. Worldwide, it represents 94% of new cases. How many new cases are we talking about? The U.S. reported more than 30,000 new infections on Monday, which was a 20% increase over the previous week. Jesus. However, infections and hospitalizations are still more than 90%, 90 below the peak of the surge in January. So people are getting sick, but they're not going to the hospital and they're not dying. Yes, that's okay. what it appears. Okay. The variant Do we know is, why that might be? Because of the strength of the variant, I guess. It's not as strong as the original. You know, as it's been mutating, it's, maybe it's getting weaker and it's not doing the damage that it could do. So you wouldn't credit the vaccinations? I would still do vaccinations. It's still, it still can affect you. Okay. And we know people are getting, who are still coming down sick and positive from COVID, you right, know? Right, 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 right. But anyway, this variant seems to be very dominant in the Northeast. It represents 92% of new cases in the New York, New Jersey area. Jeez. New York City reported about 1,887 new infections a day on average as of Saturday, which was a 52% increase over the past two weeks. 
How many days can you go with 1,500 people a day before you reach the entire population? I know. It's only a matter of time before everyone has been exposed to it at this rate. In the meantime, Philadelphia became the first city. Philadelphia? Philadelphia. She a Philadelphia girl. What is Philadelphia girl? She no sexy? Well, it became the first U.S. city to reinstate its indoor mask mandate. Okay. Effective April 18th. It made a decision after COVID cases rose more than 50% in 10 days. I think that's reasonable. Right? In the meantime, the World Health Organization said it's now tracking a few dozen cases of two new sub-variants of the Omicron strain. These are called BA.4 and BA.5. Okay, this has got to stop. <laughs> Bat.5. Bat point two. <laughs> bat point four. No, it's got no, no. We a lot of bats. What happened to the Greek alphabet? Does it only go up to fucking. What was it, the last one called? Uh, Omega. Omega. No, the last. Omega is the last letter. No, the last virus. What was it called? I don't remember. Oh, shit. It was what, what we're. See, this is where we are now. We don't remember what the last well, Omicron was, was the last big name. Omicron is not yeah. part of the Greek alphabet. Yes, it is. It's kind of early, probably. Right? I guess I don't know. I would hope so. It's only the third variant. I, so I, I'm not up on my Greek alphabet lately. What Shame I'm saying is that they were going with the Greek alphabet to name the variants, and it seems they stopped that and gone with some scientific journal entry. Because I think they're all sub variants of the Omicron variant. That's why. Okay, so Omicron point two, Omicron point three, Omicron right. point four. Why do people do anything without calling me first? I could make this understandable to a lot I'll of people. I'll have the CDC get in touch with you then. Please, because the communication is awful. We now move on to our next segment, in which we take a look into my briefs. Oh my God. See, we need a scary sound here. <laughs> Somebody's screaming, lightning crashes, we need something, the howling dogs, we need something, but uh, to begin with a scream. Thanks. <laughs> so what do we got, legalese? In Texas, last Thursday, 26-year-old Lizelle Herrera was arrested for murder following an indictment by a grand jury in Star County. Her indictment alleged that she intentionally and knowingly caused the death of an individual by a self-induced abortion in early January. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh huh. I gotta define some words here. Okay. She was arrested for a self-induced abortion. Yes. The, 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 it's not clear though whether it was her abortion or whether it was somebody else's. Well, if it's somebody else's, it can't be self-induced. No, no, no. This is you have to look at the wording. The wording says that she intentionally and knowingly caused the death of an individual by a self-induced abortion. Okay. So if she gave an an abortion pill to someone, that would qualify. Okay. If she did it herself, that definitely qualifies. Okay. So hold on, I, I got to catch up because legally, it's fuck you people because it's like you're charging by the word. Okay. So so she was responsible for somebody else's decision by way of supplying. Well, that's the whole thing that the authority never described what exactly happened. She's alive. She's alive. She was held on $500,000 bond. Was it her abortion? We don't know. That's part of the problem. No uh, one knows the details. Now, of course, we know that last year, Texas, which was where this happened, passed a bill that banned abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, but it left enforcement to private citizens who can sue the doctors or anyone who helped a woman get an abortion. Absolutely insane. And there's another law that prohibited doctors and clinics from prescribing uh, abortion-inducing medications after seven weeks and prohibited the delivery of said pills by mail. I gotta jump in. Okay. I gotta jump in. Because okay. I'm wondering now how she was charged. Well, that's if the whole didn't thing. Have a victim. These laws do not authorize any action against a woman who is ending her pregnancy. 
She's basically exempt under these laws. So on Sunday, the district attorney for Starr County said that he would file a motion to discharge, saying it is clear that Ms. Herrera cannot and should not be prosecuted for the allegation against her. And that motion was granted on Monday, and she was released. Without... I'm sorry. I, I'm not... I, I, I'm either not getting the importance of this or flabbergasted by the stupidity of it. From what I understand, I read in a later report that she was reported by a hospital. For providing an abortion service. Or but, well, for we don't being, know. Being responsible for a death she, caused by a, an abortion. A, a, caused by a self-induced mm-hmm. abortion. We don't know if it was her abortion or someone else's. She was, she's being charged with, the, with death, with, with causing a death that was brought about by a self-induced abortion. Right. She's charged with a death brought about by a self-induced abortion. Okay. We don't know whether or not she performed said self-induced in self-induced on herself right or if she encouraged or provided the material for somebody else correct to do this self-induced abortion and even though we don't know how she is responsible for this death via self-induced abortion yes we are going to arrest her and charge her with this offense but then they realize that there's no law that they can charge her with violating there's no victim. Well, that's a whole different issue, whether there's a victim or not. But but no, who is, first of all, who's dead? Who died is the first thing. Well, you're assuming it's the fetus. Okay. Which, after a certain number of weeks, they consider to be a person. And prove to me that you can't even say whose body the fetus was, was you know. Yeah, I said, no one has released any details about this, this at all. This is insane, It's right very here. fucked up, the whole situation. That's you know? insane. Like I said, there was a huge outcry. Like I said, by Monday, like I said, the case was dismissed and she was released. It, you don't even have a victim. But, yeah, but this is the kind of atmosphere we're going to be going into after... Oh, it's going to get bad. After June, when the Supreme Court comes down with yes. this decision it's on that Mississippi law, we're going to be seeing a lot more shit like this. It's going to be bad. Yeah. going to be ugly. And the problem is, it's going to be is that people who go for abortions, they're not going to even want to go to a doctor afterwards because the doctor's obligated to report them. For aftercare. Right. Right. It's a fucked up situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is fucked up. Uh, Our second story uh, in my briefs concerns our good buddy, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. I love Clarence and his wife. Yeah, well, this one, this is a solo effort by him. Okay, this must be good. Well, on Friday, there's, I don't know if you've heard of Herschel Walker. I have heard of Herschel. Former athlete, he's now the... Georgia Republican sand, uh, uh, candidate for the U.S. Senate, running in a Republican primary. Okay, how's he doing? Well, he on Friday, he accepted an award from the Horatio Alger Association. <laughs> and Walker, of course, has been endorsed by Trump in this uh, primary. So disappointing. So there was, I guess there was a whole dinner and event for this award and everything, and Clarence Thomas was there because he is an honorary member of the Horatio Alger Association. Okay. Could you just go back a little bit and give me Horatio Alger Association? Like, who who is Horatio Alger? A person who overcame great adversities to get where he became at. I don't know his whole history. Okay. But that's what this organization is dedicated for, towards people who are overcoming great odds and achieving what they achieve. Okay. So that's basically what the organization is. But anyway, Clarence Thomas is an honorary member of it, and he was at this event, and he posed for a picture with Herschel Walker. And of course, Herschel Walker posted it right away, saying, Great to be with an incredible Supreme Court justice and an even better man, Clarence Thomas. Justice Thomas is a strict constitutionalist 
who has dedicated his life to law and order. Okay. Well, I don't see the problem. The the perception is by posing with a photograph with him, and now the campaign is going to use that photograph in their campaign he materials. Has been endorsed by. It looks like he's been endorsed by Clarence Thomas. And and, and furthermore, have, if this elect this is elections in Georgia where they have all these election rules being changed and everything to suppress the vote, there may be a good chance, depending on how close the election is, that the election is contested. And then it goes before the Supreme Court. Now, now, now will Clarence Thomas recuse himself in such a case? Knowing his track record, probably not. Historically. So his posing for this photograph like this is just, it's a Very big bad. fuck you to everybody, that he's going to do what he wants. Historically, when you talk about Supreme Court justices... And public and political life. What mm-hmm. is their role? Historically, even 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 if you go down basic constitutional originality intention, what is the... The, the general rule is that, that there shouldn't even be the appearance of impropriety. And, well, but, but impropriety is what... And in, in this, this case, instance, under what's the, improper? Well, the problem is, is that there is no code of ethics for the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, okay. So this is all just tradition. Basically, yeah. He doesn't. He, there's no rules for him to follow. Unfortunately, no. So but every other judge in this country, except the nine Supreme Court justices, are bound by are bound by the judicial code of ethics, except for these nine guys. So now, of course, Congress now wants to pass what's called the Supreme Court Ethics Act, which would codify the judicial code of ethics and apply it to the Supreme Court. Ain't it some shit that that's needed? Because they these guys were like on top of Mount Olympus is what they were supposed to be. I heard, was it Justice Alito give a speech, I think it was to the Heritage Society, no, the Federalist Society, and it was such a blatant political, never mind homophobic speech. I, I cannot believe I was hearing a, a Supreme Court justice giving this speech. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, staking out his, his position on certain issues. So what do you think, what's the, what's, the result of the next like Darwinian shift politically and like our social lives. We can't count, there's nobody that we can count on. It used to be at least Mr. Rogers. Then it was the President of the United States. And then it was the Supreme Court of the United States. And then it was, you know, we were able to count that somebody was going to be not bullshitting us. Now we don't have that. Yeah. So how does it end up? What is the system of society of the future without those assumed safeguards and agreed upon sort of moral arbiters. I don't know, but it's not it doesn't look good. <laughs> I can tell you that it does not look good. Okay. That's part of the problem is that Supreme Court is seen more and more as a political branch of the government. Yeah. And pursuing its own agenda. And and it's it's bad. They it shouldn't it it's it's and at not, the expense of the people that it was supposed to protect. Uh, see, I don't think the Supreme Court is supposed to protect the people. Like, it, I think the Supreme Court is supposed to protect the Constitution. It protects the Constitution, but deriving from that, all the rights that, of the people happen that the people have. Right, right, right. Both the rights expressed in the Constitution and the unenumerated rights that are mentioned right. in the Constitution. Right, right, right. And, and everybody hates the unenumerated rights because it always. Well, the conservatives it. hate it. They well, think it's, Come on, the, the the liberals hate it just as much. No, we, they don't. We don't want to. We don't want to see them. The right to privacy is liberals like the right to privacy. The right to privacy is not in the Constitution. Oh, I I know that I know, but so why would the liberals be against that? You're uh, making no sense. No, oh, that may be true. Go back to <laughs> go back to the original argument about these people who were were they. 
what I, what after what you were talking about, what I saw was sort of sort of clamping down on people flying with the Confederate flag or driving with the Confederate flag on, like that sort of expression that is untasteful to us. We have to allow. Just like they have. Well, to yeah, allow. that has to be allowed under the law. By that, law, yes, and that's, that's allowed the, to fly. Like, you know, the, the, exactly. The problem is what's also allowed that, like we would support. Well, you're talking about some, you're two different things. You're talking about what's legally allowed and what's morally acceptable or accepted by local society. Those can be two different things. Yeah, of course. But I, what, what 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 I'm trying to get at is that everybody likes everybody hates the idea of of limiting speech until it's something that they're offended by. Oh, of course. Then they support it. Yes. That was my initial point. Okay. I got lost along the way. Yes, you did. You did absolutely nothing to help me. No. Anyway, we may now move on to our next segment. The week in fascism. Okay, is this a big week? Well, we're going to start in Alabama. I love Alabama. Right, Alabama. You know, we love our people there, but man, you got some bad shit happening down there. Be bitty. Yeah, this is why Alabama needs us. Well, in last Friday, the Alabama governor signed two laws. What's his name? Uh, I think it's Kay Ivey is the governor. It's a woman? Yes, it's a woman. The first law requires students in grades kindergarten through 12 to use multi-person bathrooms and locker rooms that correspond to their sex at birth rather than their gender identity. It also prohibits teachers and others who provide lessons to grades kindergarten through grade five from talking about sexual orientation or gender identity in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Okay. So, yeah, they're basically following the path already laid out by Florida. By Florida. But then they go a step further. Well, they, well, I don't even get to the second law yet, but this other first law, it also requires counselors, teachers, principals, and other administrators in both public and private schools to tell parents if a child discloses that they think they may be transgender. Both public and private schools? Yep. That's and it fun. also prohibits school staff from encouraging students to withhold that information from their parents. Say that again. It prohibits staff from encouraging students to withhold okay. that information from their parents. I'm not going to tell your mother, and I don't think you should either. They're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Public or private school. This is fucked up. Yes, it is. This is fucked First of all, it's private school. Yeah. Keep your hands off. Hands off. Your private school. Now, I don't... There's a whole lot of Catholic schools I'm not supporting, and there's there's one particular that kicked me out, but they... If, if, if they're private schools, they should do what they're being private about. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, the, now, the, pri- the public schools, you have a little more leeway over because you're the money. You know what I yeah, mean? Well, the government, these private schools. The government is too. the money. You know, but, but these private schools are now, a lot of them are getting government funding now, I, too. Yeah, too many of them. But anyway, there's a second law called the Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act. This sounds nice. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, okay, I like this. You're going to protect your vulnerable children. It makes it a crime to prescribe or administer to anyone under the age of 19 puberty blockers or hormone treatment for the purpose of attempting to alter the appearance or affirm the minor's perception of his or her gender or sex. Well, there you go. Doctors who prescribe or administer such medications face up to 10 years in prison, making Alabama the first state to criminalize gender-affirming medical care for minors. Okay. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. You're criminalizing... Well, they want to criminalize abortion, so I'm not surprised they want to criminalize this, you know? It's it's disgusting. It's, you know what the difference... There's a difference between a transgender 
18 year old and an abortion uh, in the in the in the sense of the ultimate goal and result of whatever procedures and things have to happen during the course of that but it doesn't affect anybody's it doesn't affect the public life this is delving into family privacy now what's this, the, these are decisions that should be made by a family well it shouldn't be made by the government for them along with their doctors or their preachers exactly. or whoever in consultation they with whoever they want to consult with what are those people called keep the government out of everything there's a political party. I don't know. The Libertarian Party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please, don't get me started on that. I may be a little more libertarian than... than. Liberals, libertarians to me are nothing but selfish Republicans. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't make a connection there to understand, so let's just move on. Let's just move on, then. But anyway, two doctors and two families with transgender teens have now sued Alabama, saying the law violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Come on, Alabama. They're being Come represented on. by the Human Rights Campaign, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and other civil rights and legal groups. What do we know about gay life in Alabama? Not much. I've never been down there, so... It seems to me, and I may be wrong, but in the areas where... <laughs> it's going to be more liberal in the city areas than in the... What more saying, suburban areas, what you know? What I'm, what I'm recognizing for the first time, which is why I'm stuttering over explaining it, is the transition from the acceptance of gays in general as human people right, to uh, struggling for the acceptance of trans people as human people. And that I remember being part of the gay people as human people back in 1985, 1980. Now, you know what I mean? When, uh-huh. when that was just, it was, uh, you could... You could say you were gay, it was still bad, but it wasn't as bad as it would have been in 1950. Oh, exactly. At least you could say it. So everybody's standing on everybody else's right. shoulder. So at this point, it's these trans people, these trans kids, who are standing, hoping to stand on somebody else's shoulder, and they're getting knocked down. Yeah, completely. No matter where they go. No matter where they're from, they're not going anywhere. That's no, the point. That's not they're not going anywhere. anywhere. It's only hurting kids and their families. Not to mention the teachers, you know. It doesn't. It does nothing to affect a straight kid to sit and listen for once, for or not for once, maybe for the dozenth time. For uh, t- tell me about the vacation you and your two dads took, right? You now you can't talk about that, you know. Where did, you and your mommies went to 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 grandma's for Thanksgiving? Tell us about that. Yeah, how was that? Like, like well, you can't talk about it. Maybe, but, maybe not. You don't know. They don't know. And they're and more likely they're going to err on the side of caution. My question is, how does that affect the straight kid? <laughs> you know, it doesn't affect us. The, you both not. had applesauce. Of course You not. both had cranberry sauce. You both ate fucking turkey. You both grandmothers are crazy. You both mother... Alabama, come on. I know. I know. I want to love Alabama. Well, there is some good news, at least in, in my report here for this week in fascism. Yelp incorporated and announced on Tuesday that it will now provide travel benefits for its employees and dependents who need to travel to another state for abortion services. Good for them. This is uh, the, the company's chief diversity officer, Miriam Warren, said in a statement, as a remote first company with a distributed workforce, this new benefit allows our U.S. employees and their dependents to have equitable access to reproductive care regardless of where they live. Which, could you turn that on? Uh, the fan, yes. Yeah. Which is, I, like, I don't think, good for them, A. Yep. Where's everybody else, B? 
And is it their job to do that? Like, should private companies be the ones that are paying for that? Or should that just be a fucking human person government thing? Well, it's becoming, I guess it's going to become a new benefit, employee benefit. So who competitive you, work so, so it's now, not only you know? the zip code you were born in, it's who you end up working for as an adult. Right. That's going to dictate how your life is. Instead of an even an even playing field for everybody from the word go. Yeah. Which is completely a joke. I don't know, Patrick. It's just weird to me that corporations now are like becoming like don't the vanguard. Yourself. Don't fool yourself. It's I know. Good, it's That's be, the appearances. Amazon presents Mars. Go to Amazon at Mars. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be those people who get us, because that's where all the money is. I know. Or that, at least, at least, at the very least, nobody's telling Jeff Bezos what to do with his money. He don't have to pass it through Congress. He don't have to pass it. Pa- he Jeff Bezos wakes up every day and decides what he's going to do with more money than most governments use. Yep. And nobody's to tell him not. And I think that's the way it should be. But I also think he, he should be being taxed out the fucking hole. No kidding. Moving on now to another heroic story. This is about a teenager in Florida. I've been following a story on Twitter. His name is Will Larkins. Okay. He's a 17-year-old student at Winter Park High School in Winter Park, Florida, just outside Orlando. Don't you think it's funny that any place in Florida has winter as their name? Right, yes. <laughs> the fuck do you know about winter? Winter Park. Go fuck yourself. You know what a Winter Park is? Cold! That's what a Winter Park is. Thank you for sharing. I'm pissed. Anyway, a few days after Governor DeSantis had signed the Don't Say Gay Bill into I love Park, that. He's, he's fantastic. This teacher asked if she would be teaching about the 1969 Stonewall Uprising because the class had been learning about pivotal historical events from the 60s and the 70s. Exactly right. And the teacher said that she didn't really know anything about it. So he asked if he could do a presentation. Is this a kid? It's a 17-year-old kid. Ask his teacher, are we going to learn about this? Well, it's already on Twitter, which I'm about to tell you about, if you'd stop interrupting me. I'm trying to understand. I know. Go ahead. So the teacher allowed him to do a presentation. Okay. So he went to class wearing a red cocktail dress and pearls. Oh, dear. And had this girl videotape it, and some other students were in the class videotaping. I love Matthew. And he did a presentation in class on the Stonewall Uprising. Okay. And the Twitter video, got posted on Twitter, the video. Okay. Went viral. You have to put this kid's Twitter. Oh, I'm going to put the video up there. Don't worry about that. I can't wait to follow him. As a result of the exposure from the Twitter feed, he was asked to uh, write an op-ed in the New York Times. And he wait, also, what happened to, at the performance? Well, what? I'm going to tell you All if right. you'd stop interrupting but me. But me like a jumping head, you're already at the New York Times. He's in I haven't school. told you what happened yet, so shut the fuck up. Okay, go ahead. Tell me his name again. I'm going to Twitter. Will Larkins. Okay. Look under Proud Twinkie. I think it's his handle. At Proud Twinkie? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he was interviewed by the Washington Post. And I guess what happened was the history teacher didn't like what Larkins said about what she said in the interview to Washington Post saying that he misrepresented her. So she filed a complaint with the school. And so he wrote on Twitter then that he was being investigated by the school. Well, I guess I don't know if he met with the principal or not, but then he was switched into another history class. Okay. Five weeks before the school semester is ending, he switched into another history class. Is it the same, like, age level? Like I would assume it's the same class, but now they, yeah, they switched him out. Okay. And uh, the girl who we asked to take the video... 
She was disciplined. No. But the other students who took the video were not disciplined. And uh, So hold on. He had planned to do this and had his girlfriend or had this girlfriend in, in class videotape it as videotape And while it was happening, other kids took out, took their, out phones. their phones and started videotaping too. She, because she was a part of it, got arrested. Yeah, Well, not arrested. She got disciplined. Yeah, fine hairs. Anyway, he is also the founder and president of the Students Queer Student Union at the school. All right, so he's hardcore. He's also, in the meantime, been registering 18-year-old students in the school to vote. To vote. And he's running for election to the student government. Good for him. So uh, he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all, this kid. See, in 1985, we couldn't do that. I was out gay in 1985 in high school. But we could I, I could... I would never... Can you no! Imagine? Can you imagine? First of all, marriage is beyond my concept. Where is this happening? What's it called? This is in Florida. Florida. Remember we went through that? Winter Park, Florida? Can we get out of fucking Florida, dude? Well, we're about to. Because that's just, the end of the segment of this week in fascism. I know, Florida's just becoming a horrible thing. What the fuck is going on? The stories coming out of there are unreal. I'm a TikTok person. It's very relaxing for me to just flip through three-minute videos on my way to sleep, okay? And and I follow a couple of British accounts. Okay. I find that humor hysterically funny, and I found those boys unbelievably adorable. Yes. So I follow a few of these accounts, and they talk about Florida. (laughs) I'm sure. It's crazy. It's just, it's... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I go off. We know. We now move on to our next segment. We like to watch. Oh, sometimes. What did you watch interesting this week? I watched, there was another crime, uh, real crime. It was a specific story. Oh! The guy from England. Jimmy Savile, a British horror story. I watched, we watched it also. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> the f- is going on for those of you here in the united <laughs> states who don't know who jimmy savile oh, was jesus he was a they make florida look sane he was a british te- television personality oh. for like 50 years he was uh most popularly known as the host of top of the pops which had all the rock bands on the 60s and 70s he closed it out he, he was the last one eventually he, yeah. yeah it ended while he was yeah he it was on for like 20 years it ended like in the 94 I yeah. think okay, okay, go ahead keep going and he presented this image he was this eccentric character but he was doing all these good works he was working at as a porter at a hospital for the mentally ill. He was working at a school with orphan students. He was doing all this charity work and everything. Who did he hang out with? Who did he hang out? He hung out with everybody. Go ahead. Name a couple. Uh, how about Lady Diana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She became enamored of him. <laughs> Margaret and Thatcher petitioned, I don't know how many times, to have him knighted. And what and, happened? And finally, he was knighted at her last request. And who knighted him? Queen Elizabeth II. Queen Elizabeth II-R. This guy was well-loved. He was connected. And as far as England goes, there's nobody more connected. And it took until after his death for it to finally come out that he basically molested and raped hundreds of people from ages 7 to 75. He was a child raper. He was off. He would rape girls at the, at the BBC studios. He would rape people at the hospital that he worked at. At the school that he worked at. But that they were like reformatories. And like yeah. uh, 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 schools for disabled kids. And it was, it was, it just keeps getting worse. It it's was just this horrible thing. And, and it wasn't like just some, some, Crazy fucking even famous guy. 
Well, he was famous over there. But he, we no, didn't know no, him. No, we didn't really know him over here in the to states. The, to the English public, oh, to the English this public. is not just some famous guy. No, he's is, knighted by the Queen on their TV every fucking day, just about. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's a huge part of their culture and a huge part of their daily lives. He was trusted. He was never married. Nope, never married. Never talked about his private life. Nope, never. Never had anything to say about. Uh, he would joke. He would joke. Oh, and the case is coming up next Thursday. Exactly. That, well, that, that was, was a joke. Huge, of it, you know, huge. And, and but that, there's one video of one of the the pop top of the Bob shows where he's sitting around all these girls and this one girl is like you can see she's like squirming and giggling like 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 he's got her hand like her hands down her skirt or whatever the thing with and the, she's trying to get away from him with the with the morning news host that young girl who was a yeah morning news host. i can't believe that it was what what he got away with and what he did publicly the displays of who he was so many people i think willingly turned a blind eye especially at the bbc and we know the police they they, they turned a blind eye because, because he had friends he, with the police he was the, he had all the connections he was the, the really the top echelon of society yeah. in that country he england and what he what he he was oh. he was such a monster. Oh, I mean, I, just a horrible. I mean, I if you think this this show might trigger you, don't watch it's, it. It's pretty brutal. It's, it, it can be triggering. It's, it really can. Uh, be. Uh, yeah, it's he's just the point of the show is not to trigger. It's to say that an entire culture can be swept up in the charm. Yeah, and the, everyone from this, the queen down oh was my, fooled by this man. The queen. You know how many levels you got to get to before you get to the queen? Princess Diana ain't near close to the queen. Right. Princess Diana got to make appointments to go see the queen. Like, uh, she, and she, I mean, this is the top. And then the worst was when they show his grave, that ostentatious gravestone planted with the phrase, it was good while it lasted. Yeah. And then they had the stone removed, thank God. Which is true because he got, he He got away with, he escaped, he escaped. He got away with it. Uh, it's just an awful. It's just an awful thing. So yeah, that's what I watched. Me too. That was on my list as well. But I did watch a few other things too. What else did you watch? I watched the classic Alfred Hitchcock film, The Thirty Nine Steps. Okay, from nineteen thirty five. All right. Good movie. I've never seen the. I've only seen clips of it. I never watched the whole thing. We watched the whole thing. All right. Good movie. Now I want to see the play. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because there is a play version portrayed by four actors who play all the roles. And it's a fun movie. It's a basically a guy mistaken for, he's mistaken to be a murderer, and he goes on the run, and he hooks up with a woman. It's, you know, it's, uh, a, it's a, the Hitchco- Hitchcock over, you know? Okay, I love that. He was good. It was. It was a good film. I really enjoyed that a lot. Last thing I watched was this four-part docuseries on Netflix called Monsters Inside, The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. I saw that months ago. Really? Oh, it's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he wasn't a serial killer. A multiple personality. He was a serial rapist who claimed that he had dissociative identity disorder, otherwise known as multiple personalities. Hello, a speciality. This is where I excel. Yes, okay. Are you sure? Yes, I have seen this show. I have seen the show. I forgot most of it. That's how long ago I saw this show. Okay, but this is a fucked up character, right? Here. Yeah, I, I, I think he was mentally ill. Yes, clearly. I'm not sure that he was so mentally ill that he had all these personalities. That I'm not sure of. So back in the day, I was watching Oprah. Okay, and she had this woman on Google Web for me. Okay. When Rabbit Howls. Okay, so here's she has this woman, When 
Rabbit Howells. Okay. She had this woman on who who believed she was suffering from multiple personalities. And you saw the multiple personalities manifest themselves as she was speaking to Oprah at the time. And she was the author of this book called... Chase. Trudy Chase. When Rabbit Howells. And it's this... I have the book. Okay. and, and, And it's her memoir being multiple personality. And it's fucked up. I'm sure it is. Fucked up because you can read like different narrators. Did the, the, the narrators all of a sudden? Who the fuck am I? You read certain like the, the narration changes characters. Yeah, yeah it said it's written by our own multiple personalities. It's uh, it's unfucking believable what this thing is. Uh, this multiple and this is an extreme case. I mean, she was tortured as a child, and that's that's where normally these multiple personalities come from. Yeah, people who the as a child. Um, where they're not able to do anything except dissociate. Yep. And she breaks off into all... And that's in this kid, Billy Milligan, with the abuse that he went through through his stepfather. Yeah, that's why I don't... You know, the I mean, first to start with this, I think, is what? His dad committed suicide. Oh, or from the stepdad, beginning. Or, and then the other stepdad who sexually abused him and physically abused him and tortured him. He didn't have 15 minutes, you know, of no. sanity ever. But at the same time, it's like he went. He was basically incarcerated in mental hospitals. Yeah, well, not for a long time either. You know, but, but he had to. You know, he had to be incarcerated, and he didn't come out any better. No, he really didn't. He really didn't. Yeah, yeah, I see that story. Bill. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting case. I definitely recommend watching it. Without multiple, a doubt. The, the multiple personality thing, though, it, it it's intriguing. It freaks me. And what's great about it because they have the actual uh, tapes. Of him and his various personalities. And I'm sorry, I don't know if convincing is the right word. Like, I believed him. I believe that people were saying, well, I never saw the personalities. Well, they only came out when he was being faced with some kind of emotional... Distress. Distress, you know? That's their job. But it's like, I I don't know whether to believe him or not. I I believe he was mentally ill. I don't know if he was so mentally ill that he didn't know what he was doing when he committed those crimes. Uh, I don't know that. I'm not convinced of that. Okay, uh, all right. Uh, but I know, I know. Uh, it's, but that's the beauty of something like this. Yeah. It leads you, it tells you the story and leaves you. It lets with, you question, decide. Well, nobody knows. If somebody knew, they would have answered the question. Yeah. In the in the. Well, the one thing they bring up at the end, the end of the niece said that she was talking to him, I guess, sometime near the end of his life, and how he was saying, oh, I, you know, I killed somebody. And it was, you know, his personality, Billy, saying this. But it's like, is he just saying that, referencing generally, like, yes, he physically killed somebody? Or is, it or is he old, saying specifically he, Billy Milligan, killed somebody? And old, is it an old man babbling? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like, he, he well, he, he, he looked like his 40s or 50s, I think. Something like that. I don't know, but I definitely recommend that. It was, I, you know, like I say, months ago, I thought that was pretty awesome. Right. Now move on to our next segment. Which is... People People saying saying stupid stupid things. things. But first we have a people saying stupid things update. Oh, okay. You remember, I guess a week or so ago, we talked about Sam Elliott uh, and his derogatory homophobic comments about Power of the Dog. He apologized. Yes, he did. In an interview with Deadline.com, when he was asked about those comments, he said, I wasn't very articulate about it. I didn't articulate it very well. 
and I said some things that hurt people, and I feel terrible about that. The gay community has been incredible to me my entire career, and I mean my entire career from before I got started in this town. Friends on every level and every job description up until today. I'm sorry I hurt any of those friends and someone that I loved, and anyone else by the words that I used. He also said, I goes, I thought Jane Campion was a brilliant director, and I want to apologize to the cast of The Power of the Dog, brilliant actors all, and in particular Benedict Cumberbatch, I can only say that I'm sorry, and I am. I am. So, that's what he could do. Yep. That's all you can ask for. That's what he could do. I mean, do. yes, he has a TV show on that he's on now, of course, that he has to protect, and I'm sure he was kind of nudged into finding an opportunity to make some kind of public apology. Well, what happens is you judge it from what happens now. Yeah. What's the next thing he does? Yeah. What does he say next? Because now we're watching you. It's like, yeah, all right, you get the pass. He made the apology. It sounds sincere. What do you think? Let's see. But anyway, we now move on to our person who said a stupid thing this week. Playwright, David Mamet. Oh, God. <laughs> he was um, on last Sunday on the Fox News Channel show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, hosted by Mark Levin. He's another right-wing I asshole. I don't know. All right, go ahead. Anyway, the playwright was there to promote his new book, Recessional, The Depth of Free Speech and the Cost of a Free Lunch. And, of course, his play, American Buffalo, is returning to Broadway with Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Rockwell and Darren Chris. But anyway, Levin brought up Florida's uh, recently enacted Don't Say Gay law and talked about it. And Mamet responded, if there's no community control of the schools, what we have is kids not only being indoctrinated but groomed in a very real sense by people who are, whether they know it or not, sexual predators. Are they abusing the kids physically? No, I don't think so. But they are abusing them mentally and using sex to do so. This has always been the problem with education. Teachers are inclined, particularly men because men are predators, to pedophilia. Huh? Teachers are inclined to pedophilia. Yeah. I Sam. His mother was, was a, a teacher. teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, there's no response to that. You just have to look at that gape jawed and say... You're an asshole. You actually... And you, you know believe, you, the thing is, you probably believe what you're actually saying. Of course he believes it, because he says it too easily. How do you not say to yourself, when that thought enters your head, should I use my outside voice or not? I know. Because nobody can say anything about anything you don't say. Yeah. But once you say shit like that, I'm done. Game you know, over, man. That's Game it. over. It's done. It's it's that's it's ridiculous. It's offensive. It's not surprising. It's you know, just David Mamet who became this rabid conservative. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's crazy. It, yeah. 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 yeah, but that's if that's the argument they have, and if that's where they're coming from, then I hope people are better than that. People as a whole are better than that. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a huge outcry about what he said. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's... I don't even know. I, I know. Words. We now move on to our next segment. Which is? Five Faves. Five Faves. Okay, so I finally understood why I got that text. Yes, because today, since today is National Scrabble Day, Scrabble Day, I figured we would ask, what are our five favorite board games? Our board games. Yes, yeah, so what's your first choice? Shoots and Ladders. Shoots and Ladders. Shoots and Ladders. I never really played that as a kid. There's no dice, there's no card, there's shoots. And there's ladders. And there's ladders. <laughs> I like shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. Okay. Go ahead. My first choice is backgammon. Okay. That's interesting. I love backgammon. 
Uh, now, uh, me and an ex that would be oh, that was would be one of the ones on my list. Right, backhand had played backgammon for a time. Okay, we were really into backgammon. Stephen would play. We play a lot. I got when we first got together like set and shit. But you still love playing out at the beach and everything. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I love. If you asked me how to play right now, I couldn't tell you the rules. Well, I never remember how to set up the piece. Yeah, and tile I just I have no idea. I never remember anything. the order. Uh, but we played it a lot. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, Love back it, it was uh, yeah, it was it was nice. Backgammon. So what's your next choice? Well, I would say backgammon. You're gonna say backgammon yeah, also? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in. It was okay. definitely one of my choices before because you know I remember it from when we used to play it. Cool, great game. Your second one? My second choice is bottle. What bottle? A boggle. <laughs> it's too noisy. Well, yes. For those who never played a game where you have this tray. And you have all these lettered cubes with all letters on each side of them. And you put them in this tr- well, in this cover for the tray. And then you shake it up. And it's very loud and noisy. It's awful. And then you let the, the cubes settle in the tray. And then you lift the tray and you set the timer. And then you're supposed to make words as they're connected to each other from the letters. We love the game. We used to play, that's a game we played a lot of. Yes, yeah, it's we a still fun, do. It, yeah, I like that. That's It's too loud. We go to Fire Island, we love to play that. I love those. I, I hate those couple of seconds when you have to shake the thing. It's too loud. <laughs> yeah. What's your next choice for a favorite board game? I'm going to go with Monopoly. Monopoly. Okay. I did uh, not have them on my list. It's on the next five. <laughs> it's a little um, tedious, but it's clear. Yes. And it, uh, you know, going in with you. I like Monopoly. Yes, I, I, you know, it's, the fact that it can take hours just does not bother me. Because what the fuck am I doing? Are you one of those players who likes to like bend the rules? Like if you land on free parking, you get five hundred dollars or anything like no, that. No, I like the rules. Oh, okay, okay. You're you right. gotta go by the rules. Okay, because otherwise it's all just mayhem. Well, of course. And Monopoly has very defined rules. You cannot, you you can't accomplish Monopoly in mayhem. No, and you must follow those rules. Yep. Exactly. All right, that's my. This is my opinion. Good choice. Go ahead. My next choice is the game of life. Oh, <laughs> I remember that white box, right? Very the, with the spinner, you had all yeah. the car, and you put little life. pieces in the car. Probably only once or twice I played that game. I actually own the Wizard of Oz edition oh, of the game dear. of life. Do you still? Yes, I do. It's in my closet. Is it complete? Yes. We've actually played it once or twice. Not you and me. No, not you and I, no. I played it with Steven and with John Steele. Fuck Steven, we should play that game, man. <laughs> okay, next time you're here, when we're not doing a podcast, we'll no, play the Wizard we'll of Oz edition when we, of when, when we go to be biddies. Oh, when we go to B-Bob's downtown. B-Bob's downtown, down there in Alabama. <laughs> come on, be Alabama, come on, I want you to do better. At B-Bob's, do something. <laughs> B-Bobs, come on, you're big down there. You owe these people a visit from us. What's your next choice for a favorite board game? Uh, Trivial Pursuit. Ah! That that uh, uh, compilation of, of senseless knowledge, useless yes. knowledge. I love that game, too. Yeah, I like it. It is a fun game. I like that. So that's my game. Good choice. My next game choice is Clue. Oh. The murder mystery game. We actually okay. found a... We were desperate one night to play it because we knew we were having people over. And we went to, I forget what store we went to, to go find the Clue game. Okay. We couldn't find it. But what we found was this little travel version of it. We're like, okay, how little could it be? Oh, God. Well, it's tiny. 
and you gotta move these little pieces ever so. Mm-hmm. It was quite ridiculous, but we played anyway because we love Clue. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow, you gotta really love Clue. Right? Now, what's your final choice? Back in the day. Yes. In the early 90s, uh-huh. there was this game. Okay. And it was like Monopoly. Okay. But it wasn't, it was much more cutthroat. Okay. Was it Billionaire? No. Okay. It was much more cutthroat. It was much more greed-centered. Okay. Okay? And me and my uh, boyfriend at the time, Steven, used to play this game. He's dead. Oh, I should give you his birthday. Okay. Maybe it'll fall on a Wednesday. Maybe. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, anyway. we would play this game, and it was it was cruel, cutthroat cruel, and we, we loved it. Trump the game. Oh, no. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I have to tell you, the game was fucking awesome. It was just, <laughs> it was just brutal. Oh, my and, God. And there was no room for compassion or... It may have been just, the only successful thing Donald Trump's ever done in business. I, I, know, I, you know, I don't know. Some, someone, something got him where he is. What I'm saying is, as far as board games go, I enjoyed that board game. Okay. I would say Clue, but you just said it. And I didn't think about Clue before you said it. Ah, the problem was when you said it, I had a reaction that sounded a two bit too surprised. Okay. To then lean on that as my fifth choice. Okay. So I had to go to whatever I fucking could remember. And it was Trump. But it's true, Steven and I used to play that game a lot. And it was it was intense. It was okay. pretty fun. What a final choice. I'm saying, I'm just, uh, um, that's who I am. Before I give my final choice, I do have an honorable mention Ugh. to the game Masterpiece. Did you ever play that game? No, I don't know that game. It was an art auction game. You basically would bid on paintings from classical art that had assigned values and you Patrick, would bid on them. They couldn't have made more than 50 copies of that game. <laughs> it, it, that's a great game. It wouldn't be worth. Oh, it was a lot of fun, that uh-huh. game. But. My final choice, my top five favorite board games, goes to Risk. I was going to say, Risk is my number one board game. When I was growing up, there were four kids. Okay. And they were, the four kids were really in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood. They were like my peer group. Okay. Immediately in my neighborhood. And they were all very, very smart. They played Risk. Okay. And I wanted so bad to be a part of these four guys. (laughs) And they played Risk all of there was always a risk. It seemed to me, anyway, that there was a... And I did not know how to play that game, and I was never invited to play that game, and I didn't know how to play that game, oh but I God. wanted to fucking play that game. And I, to this day, I don't know anything about that game, but I know how that game makes me feel. It's a great game. I love it. It's a game of world domination. Yes. You know, you're fighting battles with dice. I always played it as a kid. My friend Diana, who I became from, I first became friends with her in law school, we used to go to her parents' house and have risk tournaments for the weekend. We'd play, we'd play from morning till night. She may be the only Her father I... was a, probably the biggest risk fanatic I've ever seen. As nerdy he was cutthroat. As cutthroat. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he was, oh, my God. He was cutthroat. 
But we had so much fun. I love... I actually have a version of Risk that's called Castle Risk, which takes place only... It's like Europe and the Mediterranean area. Okay. And it's the same concept. It's a little bit different stuff. It must take less time. Yeah, it actually does take less time, probably. But it's a lot... It's another... It's a fun variation of Risk. You could play... You could play a single game of Risk for days. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, you can play that for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, that's I have. What I, remember. <laughs> I remember being laid out on... What I want to say is the Lupinacci's piano in their basement. Oh my god! And I would walk past it and want to play that. I would. I wanted to play that fucking game so bad. Don't have to play it sometime when when you're here. I ain't got the time now. I'm gonna be dead soon. Well, you want to play the game of life? I ain't got time for a game of Risk. For fuck's sake, I'm old. Yeah, we know. I'm gonna be dead. We know. <laughs> so anyway, that concludes our five phase. Okay, thank God. We now move on to the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. Spring. Spring is your gripe? Fuck you, Spring. Fuck you and your pollen and your your buds and your fucking things coming back to life and causing my life and, quite frankly, most of the people I know's life, misery. <laughs> Everybody coughing, sneezing, their head hurts, their eyes. Spring. That's spring. my gripe. Good gripe. Good Fuck gripe. You. <laughs> Fuck you, spring. May I want to... Uh, anything after, like, Mother's Day. Okay. From now until, like, no. Okay. Fuck you, spring. Sorry about that. It's awful. It's <laughs> awful. You don't suffer? Not really. No, not, I don't think that, not the way you do. I mean, I have my own nasal problems as it is, but I don't think they get any worse in the spring, really. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, so when you go it out... It really gets worse probably when it rains a lot is when it gets bad. Oh, no. I pray for the rain. It washes the pollen away. Yeah, I guess for you, yeah, but for rain, the rain for me doesn't just... Oh. Goes, yeah, I don't do uh, yeah, rain. so the spring is the spring is hard for some of us. Good to know. If the spring is hard for you, press like and respond <laughs> to this reply. <laughs> My gripe of the week concerns neighbors' hedges. Oh. Because I walk Abigail through the neighborhood, of you course. Do. And I walk her on the sidewalk. And because I'm not you walk should. Her road. Exactly. You're an American. And people, of course, now that it's springtime, they have their landscapers over. And they're, they're cleaning their they're house. They're cleaning up, yeah, and yeah. they're cutting bushes and stuff. Well, of course, it's time. But some of the neighbors that I've walked by are letting their hedges grow over the sidewalk. Over the sidewalk. As if that's going to stop people from traversing the sidewalk. Okay. And it's oh, really, so you think it's because they don't want people to walk past that? I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. But they don't want people walking by, so therefore they're gonna make they're gonna put an obstacle on the side. Okay, and that obstacle is not having their their hedges trimmed. Yeah, they're like box hedges. Yeah, yeah that's really annoying. It's it's obnoxious. It is obnoxious. It really is. It is obnoxious. It's like come on. You're and, and and also I think by law you're not supposed to allow the sidewalk to be impeded by anything. So that includes your hedges. So cut them fucking back. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> right? I feel the same way about some trees. And I love trees. Oh, don't get me started on the trees in my yard or on the outside of my yard. Please. Okay, never mind trees. That's a whole other topic. Never mind trees. But we now come to the conclusion of this episode. Oh, this was this was a long one. Quite a long one. How long? Oh, over two hours. No. Yeah. But we want to thank our producer, Stephen Prendergast, who supplied us with cookies once again. And And cake. The cake was delicious. Apple crumb cake. Fucking delicious. We remind you to check out our website, www.grumpyoldgameandtheirdogs.com, where we have all our episodes listed on our blog, and we also have bonus material of clips 
to all the topics that we talked about here on the podcast. What was the one I said you have to put, you have to... Well, I'm putting the Aristocrats one of Gilbert Godfrey. Okay, yeah, that for sure. Okay. There was another one, one, but go ahead. Okay. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We have daily postings on there as well, especially for this month, for Jazz Appreciation Month. Yeah, we should have music. Next week, let's play some music. You want to play some music? Yeah, let's play some jazz. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't play any jazz You this didn't week. play any jazz? No, too. I could have played some Bud Freeman. I totally forgot. You, should, you know what? You should be ashamed. I should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment. Ask a question. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll talk about it, you Why know? Why are you begging? Man, I'm not begging. I'm asking. I'm demanding. I am requesting. You had said to me. I am petitioning. You had said to me once long ago about doing something about the wine I'm drinking. (laughs) Tonight, for the first time, I'm drinking a different wine. And the house didn't explode. And everything's still okay. So I'm I'm thinking maybe we can consider uh, them giving me wine suggestions. Oh, yes. Please make wine suggestions. Make red wine suggestions. I prefer the, the, the fruitier, heavier ones. I'm not a Pinot Noir fan. Go towards your Cabernet. Yeah. Give me wine suggestions. I'll put up a post about it somewhere. Yeah, I'll... red wine. Okay. Red wine. <laughs> no Pinot Noir. And on that night, and on that night, and on that note, we're going to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches.